0: Thank you for tuning in to Game Investing Radio. Hopper here to talk about Microsoft, because today the fourth generation of Xbox consoles dropped. So some of you might be thinking, should I buy Microsoft stock? Um, you uh, You know, what is Microsoft? Is this company about gaming? Is it You know, is it a bigger conglomerate? Um, And I did a lot of research for this episode, so it's kind of complicated. Microsoft is a very uh, diversified company, definitely going digital, definitely making moves in the gaming space. But the numbers tell us that gaming is not really a huge part of the whole company. Um, So if you're thinking about buying the stock, you have to look beyond gaming to understand Microsoft as an investment. So today the Xbox Series S and this Xbox Series X dropped into stores. I visited about three or four big boxes today and uh, pretty much the X is sold out everywhere. Most places the S is sold out. Uh, Some stores require you to order online. You know, it looks like they might be able to move, I don't know, 10 million of these puppies. So we'll do the math a little bit later and see if that even means anything in the big picture. So before we get into the future and taking a look at the current situation in the most recent 10 Q, 10K, ten that's basically where you can find all the fine details. A lot of the news articles I've found aren't really accurate when it comes down to really fine details. For example, how much of the, uh, the devices division is actually Xbox consoles. That's very hard to tease out. Um, I've broken down some of the major areas and we'll take a look at those in a little bit. But first of all, Let's look at the facts. Let's look at the last three generations of console drops from Xbox to 360 to Xbox One and see how the stock did if you were an investor getting in before and buying the dip and timing it perfectly, waiting for the launch and then selling right at the peak. So let's go back to the beginning. The first original classic uh, OG Xbox, the big black one. Uh, it dropped November for Christmas of 2001. And it looks like all the Xboxes dropped in November, either the f- second or third week of November, every single time. So the first big Xbox dropped 2001. If you had bought the nicest dip before that, let's say 9 to 10 weeks, somewhere around September of 2001, probably when hype was getting pretty big, maybe not in Japan and overseas, but in America definitely... Because that was the first time we saw an American competition to the Japanese domination of the market since Atari went down after the Warner Brothers acquisition. Um, you know, we hadn't really seen any, any big American consoles since the Atari 2600. Um, Sega Genesis was headquartered, uh, you know, in, in California. And uh, Nintendo NES was really redesigned by the Cal. Uh, well, that might be Redmond, Washington, or New Jersey. So those had American redesigns, American input, but I wouldn't call them American boxes. So really, the Xbox dropped November fifteenth, two thousand and one, is really the first American box since the Atari twenty six hundred. Atari twenty six hundred release date. So the Atari 2600 dropped in 1977, September. So about the same time, um, what's that? 80 would be 21 years. So 23-year hiatus, Xbox drops a box. Uh, Microsoft takes it. Takes a big chance. I remember there was issues on launch. Um, you know, it wasn't the smoothest launch, and that's that's what happens when you try something new. You get through those setbacks. You have some failures. You learn from them. And, you know, later on they dropped Xbox Live and they're still leading the digital, you know, conversion thing. Um, But let's look at the stock. So if you had got into a big dip, let's say pre-OG Xbox drop, and you got in around 17 bucks. um, By the way, the shares are up way beyond 200 today. I mean, if you held them today, uh, you're a genius. But um, let's say you got out at 21, which was, uh, let's look at the charts. 21 would have been, um, let's say you got in right at that dip, September, and then you got out. Let's say you got out right around June 01. Um, No, 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 no. Excuse me. There was actually a dip before that. That might have to do with the announcement. Who knows? Uh, There was another dip, actually, in in Christmas 2000, one year before the Xbox OG, but that's quite a bit of a long-term play. So, really, the dip was September 4th, 2001, and the peak was December 1st. So, really, you buy, let's say, 10 weeks before the Xbox OG dropped. You get out, basically, two to three weeks after launch, um, and you got a nice 20% gain there. So, you could have made a nice 20%, got out of $20, $21. You could have made, you know, uh, 20% on your money in, let's say, uh, 4 four or five-month uh, horizon. So if you did that in four months, that would be something like a 60% annual rate, which is insane, annualized uh, gain, which doesn't really exist in accounting. But I mean, it's the only way to to you know compare apples to oranges because you never know if you're getting 20% in three months or 20% in five months. So you have to annualize it. It doesn't mean you're going to make 60% on it because if you would have held it for the year, it came back down. So I'm just trying to uh, do that for apples to oranges. Let's just say um, 60% annualized on that first play on the OG Xbox. Now, what happened to the 360? We knew that was a really amazing console. It sold a lot of units. And that one dropped Christmas for 2005. Um, There wasn't really a big dip prior to launch. But probably the best place to get in there would have been March, April. So let's say, you know, um, eight months prior, six to eight months prior, and then hold, basically hold for a year. You get in March before launch, you get out uh, March after launch. So you get in at 20, you get out at 24, that was the best play on the Xbox 360, and you would have made 20%. The problem is this time you would have had to do it perfectly over the course of a year, so compared to the original Xbox, that was three times worse of an investment. If we're just saying the Xbox was strictly the driver, which is not factual information, this is freedom of speech, you know. Um, um my opinion, I'm just looking at the past charts and I'm, I'm looking at two data points. Xbox releases and the stock price. I'm not looking at the economy, you know, Windows, Office products, Excel, Word, cloud computing. Uh, Microsoft is way bigger than gaming, so you can't really correlate the two. I was just using those two data points to create the podcast episode so that we can understand looking forward, well, maybe gaming is either getting bigger or smaller. So in the past... Um, We didn't have the cloud computing segment, which is really the engine in uh, Microsoft's uh, profitability and revenue growth. So very different company on the original OG and the 360 and maybe, you know, cloud came in five years ago, eight years ago. Amazon was first. Uh, Microsoft is the number two person in that um, number two company in that segment. Um, But if you did time it, you know, there are people out there. I mean, basically, stocks are supply and demand. There are people playing the stock market that might think Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S is directly correlated to the stock price. And people might go out and buy the stock if we see 5, 10, 20 million units of Xbox Series X and it takes over PS5. And it's really more about hype than it is about, you know... The real numbers that come into the company from cloud, Windows, gaming, LinkedIn, Bing, entertainment, Surface tablets, uh, consoles—you um, know—Microsoft is doing a heck of a lot besides the hype that you're going to see in the news for the launches. But you know what? This is game investing, so we got to go with gaming. We got to look at gaming. We got to, you know, connect gaming to investing and 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 do this little analysis for fun. So, what about the uh, Xbox One? Well, that did quite well. Let's say the uh, Xbox OG did 60% annualized gain for fun. The Xbox 360 did 20% annualized gain game uh, for fun. This is perfect trades. Buy at the dip, sell at the peak. Xbox One dropped eight years. By the way, it was only four years between OG and 360. Now, Xbox One was a whole eight-year cycle, and that was a really powerful console. I mean, that's basically PC gaming right there. You got a quad core you got a graphics card i mean you got probably cooling in there i mean you know some sort of cooling at least those are really uh you know high-end pcs for a bargain price um gaming pcs for 500 bucks 600 bucks and today i went to the stores in the series x that's got an octo core uh you know for 600 bucks i mean that's a bargain you could you can't really build a gaming pc for 600 bucks I mean, you might be able to buy a cheap one at Walmart. I saw a MSI 15 inch, you know, maybe in the $800 range. But good luck building a gaming PC. Of course, it doesn't come with a screen, but good luck building a gaming PC with an OctoCore that's got the similar performance to these last two drops. So these gaming rigs, I don't think they're making a a whole heck of a lot of money. It's all in the software and, and Microsoft really is. Do you want to bet on the cloud? Do you want to bet on digital gaming? Do you want to bet on the library? Because, really, Xbox Live is a dominant player when it comes to uh, the future of gaming, really. Not the game investing we're talking about, not the retro physical we're talking about. Hedging your physical investment, hedging your physical collection, hedging your bet on NES, Atari 2600, Sega Genesis, SNES, whatever you have in your portfolio. Hedging that with a digital investment. We're going to go into Sony in a few days. I went over Nintendo, which is not going digital. So it looks like your two hedges for a a physical hedge. If you're trying to diversify and you're going physical versus digital, you want to invest in both. You either have to choose Sony or Microsoft, unless you want to go outside of gaming and go go into something like Tencent, which is like a a mobile company that's doing social media mixed with gaming. You know, they're really big players in uh, Asia. Maybe I will do a Tencent sometime. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if people really like these uh, Wall Street-based type, uh, you know, you let me know. Find me on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. You let me know if you like these, uh, you know, MBA type analysis uh, quickies on the charts and all that. I like looking at companies because, you know, Microsoft is a top $4 uh, trillion dollar company in America. I mean, Microsoft's just amazing as an investment overall, excluding gaming. Um, You know, it's really the, uh, you know, it's right behind Apple for the most valuable company on the planet. We're talking, you know, goodwill and assets and and all the intellectual property they own. Uh, Apple today, late November 2020 is valued at like one point six trillion. I think it got up to two trillion at one point. So there's only four trillion dollar American companies. Uh, You've got Apple, Microsoft, Amazon and Google and the top three Apple, Microsoft and Amazon kind of switch places depending on what's happening in the markets. Google is in there. They're they're somewhere around 1.1, 1.2 trillion today. Um, Apple, 2 trillion. So Microsoft at 1.6, you know, Amazon 1.5. It's it's really the four horsemen there. Um, If you want to bet on, uh, you know, what they used to call IT, which was information technology, I guess we call it big tech now. The new word now is big tech. And these are giant tech companies. I mean, They're, you know, you look at a company like Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett, the most, uh, you know, the most famous and wealthiest investor on the planet. Bezos, if Bezos wasn't around, he would be, you know, the rich, the world's richest man that we know of. There might be some other people that we don't know about, but his holding company that's like 40 massive insurance companies, Coca-Cola, Geico, etc. Burlington Northern, he's got massive companies. Seize Candies is a small one. Um. He's only worth half a trillion, maybe a little north of that. So Microsoft today is three times larger than Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. That gives you an idea. I mean, you're really not betting on Xbox, but that's, you know, that's game investing. We're talking about the launch. Today, the Xbox Series X octocore dropped. It's the first octocore in gaming history. This, it looks like a PC. It's got vent holes out of the top. I mean, this is a serious machine. Um, you know, they need to they need to move 10, 20, 30, 40 million units before they start making good money because the first 10 million units are probably break even, you know. That is a lot of hardware in that box. Um, you're not really betting on that box. You're betting on the whole ecosystem. You're betting on Xbox Live, you're betting on digital, you're betting on the library, the recent acquisitions. You're betting on the whole ecosystem, ecosystem, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you're really betting on digital gaming. And if you're betting on digital gaming, that is a perfect hedge to dropping a 100 grand in physical gaming. Because what if the future generations don't catch on and they don't start doing the WADA thing, they don't start doing the VGA thing, and they all go into digital and instead of doing WADA and VGA, they're on their phones trading stock. And if they're gamers, what are they trading? They're trading Nintendo, Microsoft, Sony, and then those other developers, maybe Tencent, maybe... uh, you know, 2K or uh, EA or uh, 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 a couple others that I can't remember right now. There's like two or three. Uh, Jim Kramer talks about them all the time if you want to listen to him. Um, anyway, let's get back to the Xbox One and see how, you know, the OG and the 360 and the Xbox One compared. So if you bought the perfect dip on Xbox One August 2013 before the drop, that's only a couple months. So the four months prior to drop, that's right around announcement when you're getting those tech specs and you really know what the box might actually look like inside and under the hood. Um, you're four months in, you buy in at 22, and here you go, November 2014. If you hold one year, it really took Xbox One like a year to get going. It seems like I think, I think really, uh, PS PS4 really, you know, really was was the winner in last generation, and I've never seen back to back yet except nintendo i think did that a few times like did nintendo do that they from wii to wii u they did not go back to back from nes to snes i don't think did they go back to back what was the 16-bit leader i don't actually know those numbers in my head i've read them but i forgot them you let me know has any console manufacturer gone back-to-back domination in terms of a unit shipped to the north american market I know PS2 was the king at 155 worldwide, million units, and then you got the Wii, then the DS. I mean, if you count the DS, back-to-back DS, you know, 3DS, that's obviously a back-to-back, but we're talking about boxes under the TV, uh, connected to the internet, etc. Um, basically, the, the you know, the Wii took the last, uh, the two generations ago, the PS4 took the last generation, And the OG generation, I think, was PS2. Prior to that was NES. And then I don't know the 16-bit. N64, Sega Genesis. Did Sega Genesis beat the uh, SNES in North America? I don't know. Sega Master did really well in Europe. But we can't invest in Sega. I mean, they're pretty much uh, gone or they're a private company. I'm actually not sure about their private stock. But you can find information on private companies if you dig real deep. It's hard to invest in them. you got to be really well connected. So let's get back to the public data. If you would have bought the dip four months prior to Xbox One release, uh, you would have had to hell for, let's say, 16, let's say, a year and four, and you could have gone an 80%, but we got to divide that, let's say, by a, a year and a half. So 80% annualized by a year and a half. Yeah, that's like a 50% gain. So you, cr- you could probably... You could have probably done a 50% annualized gain in Microsoft. A lot of other things happened during that time. It wasn't just Xbox. But Xbox uh, One was a significant um, piece of hardware uh, that did really put, uh, you know, Microsoft and Xbox on the gaming, digital, you know, trying to do it all, bring the living room together type of uh, thing. They were the first to take a chance on all digital. I mean, that's very revolutionary if you think about it. Microsoft has taken some big gambles. They have the money. They have deep pockets. You know, they've got money coming in from everywhere. And speaking of that, let's just go over the revenue stream. Um, top line revenue, money coming in. For every uh, for every $100 that comes into Microsoft over the last quarter, you can Google 10K MS- MSFT. You can pull this up. And uh, these numbers will change. So I'm going to give out some percentages that are only for mid to late 2020. And that's Corona. So these numbers are out of whack. But basically, you've got cloud. Cloud is king. Cloud is basically renting out your services and servers, your server farms to other companies, basically, small, mid midsize and large companies. Um, remember the Jedi contract that was worth $10 billion that Amazon sued, uh, Microsoft and Microsoft ended up getting it when Amazon was the front runner. That was a $10 billion contract. You know, Xbox one, uh, boxes are a peanuts compared to something like that type of contract where you're, you're housing, managing, securitizing the entire nation's, uh, you know, uh, defense, uh, data. That's what cloud computing is all about. High security, high speed, you know, offsite, uh, you know, redundant, Data management. And that's really what the game is all about when you want to talk about bottom line money, profits. When you want to talk about profits in big tech, the new age, IT, Silicon Valley, if you want to bet on that horse, if you want to bet on it, you got to study cloud and you got to figure out, you know, who's growing, who's shrinking, where are the players going, you know, where are the big contracts. Who are the companies going with? So I think it's going to be like Oracle, Alibaba in Asia, cloud uh, computing at uh, Microsoft, cloud computing uh, at uh, Amazon. I would say those are the big players. And then you got that IPO. Uh, you got a couple IPOs that are coming out. I can't remember the name of the company. Plantir. that might be a cloud computing company. I'm not really sure. But the two big ones are Amazon and Microsoft and, and fancy that. Those are number two in the three largest largest tech companies in the world. So clearly cloud is the big one. So we're looking at, you know, 50 bucks out of every $100 coming into Microsoft is probably cloud related. Then you've got enterprise and Windows. Enterprise is a fancy word for business to business. So that's, you know, your biggest companies uh, signing contracts with uh, Microsoft to manage all their software and all that. So if you bundle that with Windows, that's something like 20%. So cloud, cloud, Windows and B2B is like 70 to 80 percent, 70 to 80 cents on every dollar coming into Microsoft. So really, if you're investing in Microsoft, that's what you're investing in. You're investing, you're investing in B2B and gaming really is about B2C. So it's more of a consumer thing. And, you know, rather than signing these big contracts, you try to get people into a box and then you try to get them to buy software for life. Uh, On the B2B side, it's very different. You do contracts and, uh, you know, it's very steady revenue. So, you know, it's almost like investing in a utility um, where you got short-term one-year contracts. A utility, you know, it's a very boring way to invest, but it's a very defensive, steady way to invest. If you think the new administration is going to be spent happy and we're going to print money and we're going to go to a recession, it's a good idea to look at utilities. They're usually uh, paying dividends and people, you know, They're not gonna let their cell phones and their uh, electric bills and their water bills, they're not gonna cut that stuff off even if times get tough. And that's why utilities are great. The question is, are they gonna cut off their, uh, you know, their Xbox Live service? Are they gonna cut off their uh, 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 Microsoft phone, if there even is, is there a Windows phone anymore? I don't know. But, um, you know, your uh, office uh, subscription or, uh, you know, if you're a company, you know, you try to pinch on software and maybe do open source Okay, what about the other? What about the other revenues? What is that other thirty percent? Well, it's a kind of a mix. Um, you've got eight percent gaming. Now that's a pretty big number. I think that's a Corona number. I would say more like five in non-Corona. So really, five cents out of every uh, you know every dollar is related to gaming, and this is digital. So if you, you can look at that half full, half empty, half empty is wow. Microsoft isn't really a gaming company. Well, you can add in devices, 4%. Uh, you know what, though? That's Surface tablets. And Surface tablets is a really strong, steady uh, division. They mix it in with consoles. It's very hard to tease out exactly what's going on with the actual Xbox boxes because I'm thinking they're hiding that, they're burying that because they want to mix it with Surface. Surface is a high profit you know, uh, console box versus an Xbox console, which is if you want to call the Surface a gaming rig, you could because there are millions of gamers just gaming on a tablet. So that could be considered a gaming box. I don't know. What's the new term, Is it gaming tablet, gaming box? Uh, what do we call these things? But anyway, Surface, Xbox consoles, and gaming digital, Xbox Live, accounts for maybe 10 to 12 cents on the dollar. So if you are betting on gaming and you're one of those types that's... uh you know, you took an accounting course in college, you really understand financial statements, you want to make a pure play gaming play. um, You don't have too many choices because if you're betting on Nintendo, you're betting on an anti-gaming strategy. Nintendo's betting on characters and worlds. They're betting on content and they're rolling that content out physical. They're not rolling it out digital. Microsoft's exactly the opposite. They're building physical And they're betting everything on digital. They want to roll it all out digital. So really two very different investments. Now, what's the remaining uh, part of uh, the Microsoft Pie? Well, you've got LinkedIn and Bing. Uh, You've got Search, which used to be the hottest thing on the planet. I would say from like when the iPhone came out to basically cloud computing, Search was the hottest thing on the planet. Google was the hottest Uh, company on the planet and guess how Amazon grew they paid Google every single minute money because when you did a search on Google what popped up an Amazon product eBay pays Google you know Facebook comes from Google everything advertising outside of Facebook um, you know is is Google and I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook pays Google everyone pays Google everyone pays Facebook those are two advertising companies and that that is quote-unquote search So search makes up four and a half percent. I would say that might be growing, shrinking. It's just microscopic compared to Google. If you want to bet on search, if you want to bet on, hey, the future of advertising is digital. You know, newspapers are dead. Magazines are dead. Um, TV's dead. I want to bet on advertising online. You better look at Google. And then if you want diversified, I guess, Bing, you know, and Bing is part of Microsoft again, MSFT, if you want to look that up. The other wild card is LinkedIn. Now, uh, Microsoft bought LinkedIn uh, for billions of dollars, which, which actually is turning out to be a large part. I mean, we're talking five percent of their massive hundred to hundred and fifteen billion dollars in in dollars coming U.S. dollars coming in every year. I mean, that is a big chunk, and that's amazing because uh, according to Gary Vaynerchuk, the only two social platforms in the world where you can still have organic reach, which means your feed is not flooded with Small to mid-sized to large companies that are paying, you know, Facebook or Instagram to get you to click on something like a new mortgage or a or a new credit card or something like that. So That's all paid advertising. Gary says that the only place you're going to get an organic reach if you want to be a YouTuber or a social media person, uh, Instagrammer or whatever, you have to pump out content on LinkedIn and uh, TikTok. And what that means is that Microsoft. Is taking a different stance on social compared to all the other players. Instagram is squeezing, you know, squeezing it for all that's worth. Instagram's an advertising company. Facebook is an advertising company. Microsoft is a diversified big tech company with a with kind of a you know a hand in every every pie. It's it's an amazing company actually. If you want a diversified investment, Microsoft is your winner. If you want to bet on the US dollar, though, that's going to be a loser looking out long term. So, really, the equivalent of Microsoft abroad, I don't know. I can't come up with it. You know, I bought some uh, Alibaba stock, it went down. I was unlucky. They had a lawsuit come out. Talk about the poison touch, my wife calls it. Alibaba's diversified, but nothing like Microsoft, Microsoft has cloud software, software in the cloud, software B2B, software B2C, software for gaming, gaming, digital gaming, you know, physical gaming, physical uh, hardware, physical hardware for companies, physical hardware for computing, then they've got LinkedIn, Bing. I mean, this is just an insanity amount of diversified, uh, I- you know, information technologies going on when you we, when you go buy a share at 200 bucks. Now, the problem now. When you're looking at the current drop, the current Xbox Series X, and I've got about two minutes to wrap this up. We're dropping in Q4 2020 just today. It just dropped today. i got to do this episode now. You could have bought Microsoft for 135 in the Corona Crunch drop when we thought the world was coming to an end. And it doesn't matter what stock you could have bought at that time. It doesn't matter. Microsoft, it could have been... Anything, even like a carnival cruise lines we thought was just going to blow up. Even that went up after, you know, after people got kind of used to wearing masks and we got uh, used to this whole lockdown situation. No matter what stock you bought in, let's say, March 2020, you're a winner if you held out to, let's say, the election, uh, the pre-election hype. Uh, things have come down a bit right now. You know, now that people are settling into a new administration and possible capital gains tax changes, and you know, possible money printing stimulus, you know, it, it's it's a fiscal nightmare really because the, uh, all these governments are in 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 debt, and the question is who's going to pay the debt? Uh, we don't know, but you know, it's more important to get the economies pumping, and uh, stimulus is the way to go. So, you could have bought Microsoft at 135, and you could have sold it for 200. Um, you could have held it. Uh, you know, if you did that, that's twenty percent, which is insane for half years. So that's a forty percent. Really, the Xbox One was the winner. Um, you know, uh, uh, Xbox Original, I would say, yeah. Looking back, that was a winner. 360 was a winner across the board. It was a winner, but Xbox One was a big winner. Now, really, to get your twenty percent out of the uh, Xbox Series X, timing, you really had to get in corona if not if you got in at 200 let's say a couple weeks ago and you got to wait for 240 that's a 20% gain you really are looking for something special in the future and I'm not willing to recommend Microsoft going to 240 based on Xbox Series 1X or all digital S so let's take a small break and uh, come back to wrap this up okay let's try to take a step back and look at the big picture the big picture is Microsoft is a 120 to 150 billion dollar a year company they are the first second or third biggest company in the world they're completely diversified so when you're thinking about a company you're trying to figure out okay how big of an effect is the Xbox Series X and S in the big picture so if they're doing 150 billion in the future let's say 2021 if they keep growing, I'm looking at a graph here from 2014 on. It really is a different company. From 2014 to 2020, it's really all about uh, cloud computing, um, you know, intelligent cloud and all that. Um, so really, you know, it's not a big number going forward. So what I tried to figure out was if we just do an estimate on our own, what I call napkin math. Where you do your own research, you do your own calculations because each person has a different view of the future. Now, if you think, you know, Microsoft is going to beat Sony, Sony is announcing something like I think ten to fifteen million units um, by March, maybe. So let's say the first four or five months. So let's say, let's say they do twenty million units. From launch through Christmas of 2021. So how big of a number is that? Pull out your calculator. 20. We got 20 million. That's a big number. So that's uh, seven zeros. 20 million times 500 bucks a pop. And the calculator blew up. It says 1E10. So then you've got to pull out a spreadsheet. You can't even do these calculations on a calculator or an iPhone. So let's do equals 20. One, two, three, one, two, three times $500. Yeah, that's about, that's wrong. That's wrong. Excuse me. Okay, that's $10 billion. Okay, best case scenario. So, so let's just say they're $500 a pop when you combine S and X or PS5, all digital and PS5, let's just say 500 because right now it's expensive. It's going to drop in the future. Let's say average price across the board for the next year is 500 bucks for those companies, not at the retail level, not at the scalper level, not at the resale level, not at the eBay level, Amazon. We're talking about Microsoft versus Sony dollars coming into those accounting balance sheets, revenues, statements, income statements, cash flows, and all that. The, the, the numbers that they report to the SEC for investors. Um, if they do, for every 5 million units they do in PS5, Xbox, SX, um, that's going to be, no, this is 20, 20 times, okay, 10 billion. So twenty, you really need to do 20 million units as a company to get 10 billion worth of revenue. Um, and this is not profitable. This is not profits. We're just talking about revenue, sales. So if Microsoft is doing, you know, $140 billion a year, $120 a year, if it's a terrible year at $100 billion or one of these older years, um, you know, selling $20 million uh, Xbox Series X and X is only going to get you 10%, maybe 8% of your total revenues. So it's really a tiny part of the business. Um, but then again, what about the digital? What about the software? What about the licensing? What about the properties, the library, the older games they're selling because you're getting a new game, they remaster them, you know, to 8K or something. You know, it's really the ecosystem. So you're not really betting on the numbers that the box brings in through the cash registers through the SEC 10ks. You're really betting on the entire ecosystem. And when you look at the entire ecosystem, it looks to me like um, Microsoft is the only completely diversified from all digital all the way down to the box. Um, I got to look at Sony in a few days, but I've heard a lot of bad things about PlayStation Online. Um, I don't know much about it as a gamer. I, I, don't, I haven't really gamed for decades, but... Um, I was a PC gamer back in the day, so I was willing to tinker and make things work if they didn't work and, you know, open up my computer if I needed to. So I'm thinking it's the opposite now. I'm thinking people want speed, ease, clean interface and all that. Uh, I hear when I read articles a lot that the Xbox interface is much cleaner. And it came out first, so that makes sense. It's gone through more iterations. Xbox Live was revolutionary. So when you look... When you look at the stack, Gary Vaynerchuk often says, "Stack." He says that's the new game in town. You've got to do it all when you're cre- when you're creating content. You got to be on every single platform natively. You know, you got to do it all. If you're a magazine, you got to do it all. If you're, uh, you know, if you're selling cars, you got to do it all. You got to sell cars on eBay. You got to sell cars on uh, Facebook. You got to sell cars on Instagram. You got to sell cars on TikTok. You know, you got to sell cars on LinkedIn. And that's a full stack. You know, you got to have a service department. You got to have salespeople. You got to have, you know, magazine ads running, TV stations running, uh, Instagram videos, full stack. So, Microsoft to me is a full stack. If you want to invest in a full stack, not a gaming stack, but a full stack that includes cloud, devices, hardware, software, you know, B2B, B2C, global, American, um, it's got everything going for it. The only thing is, if there's a recession coming up, um, people probably will delay upgrading technology, so it's not that they're going to lose those dollars overall. It's that they're going to get delayed. So really, uh, the time to buy this stack is the next big dip, and that might be after you know something like 10 billion uh, Xbox Series S and X boxes have already been sold. And uh, the the next question comes up. Like, is this the last console? And when the investors start betting on that tipping point, you can read a book actually called Tipping Point, Um, Good to Great. There's a lot of great MBA strategy books out there if you really want to get into investing long term, but there's going to be a question the investors pose. And remember, investors aren't gamers. Investors, a lot of investors are very busy people working 80-hour weeks, running multiple companies, multiple entities, running their family on the weekend, You know, trying to tend to all kinds of needs, put out fires. Investors have to go with what they hear, what they read in the news, what the broker says. There's going to be a question that comes out to mainstream media someday, and that question is going to be, is physical gaming dead? And when that question gets answered, Answered. There's going to be a flood of investment money that's going to go into digital play. And digital play, I do believe today, would be uh, Microsoft for Xbox Live in the Americas, and probably Tencent for Asia. Um, there's also Line. Is Line Korea or Japan? I don't know. I don't know about Lines specifically, but that's a smaller play, I think, for Japan and Korea. But it really is Microsoft. If you want to bet on all digital, they were the first ones to do all digital. They were the first ones to do Xbox Live, online gaming, um, you know, in a massive scale across the whole family from mom, dad, grandma, whatever. We, We had a chance. We should have went, you know, we could have blown up digital. But I understand Nintendo. I'm doing the same thing right now. I'm pivoting in my business. Um, I'm actually pivoting away from Sealed Games because I realize that, you know, there's some big players out there doing that, um, and they have deep pockets, they have deep inventory, and I'm never going to be able to compete as a one-man show. I'm a small, nimble company. So I'm pivoting away from Sealed to uh, CIB, just kind of like Nintendo's pivoting away from all-digital to trying to go after disney instead of trying to go after microsoft and sony nintendo's a small company they're going after disney because who else is going after disney disney bought marvel disney bought pixar who else is going to go after disney you know dc uh you know nintendo might look at buying dc or something rather than nintendo buying uh you know something like wolfenstein franchise the big deal that microsoft shelled out 7.5 billion dollars for nintendo could start shopping for like a dc and start building characters and worlds in their ip and that actually to me is a very intelligent play if i heard that nintendo was you know shopping around for ip thinking about buying a dc or maybe some other saturday morning cartoon franchise you know, like Turtles, or I don't know what is out, what else is out there that's big that uh, Disney and Microsoft and Sony don't own. Um, I would think Nintendo could do a physical play, and, and you know how I am, physical forever, limited run games, that is the best model on the planet for us, right? Don't you love it? Physical forever. And with that said, I'm not affiliated with limited run games at all, but I totally support the company. Um... I've done a lot of business with them. I've done a lot of, you know, I love their trading cards. The quality could be a lot higher though. Those trading cards really need to pump up the quality. The corners are always touched. I love the trading cards. I love the uh, little freebies and knickknacks they send you. I love the packaging. I love the model. That's a great small little company. Kind of reminds me of Nintendo, going the other way. So as an investor, you really have to decide which way are you going. Are you betting on the digital stack or are you betting on characters and worlds? Are you betting on the vaccine? Are you betting on families cutting back? And they're going to do one trip a year. They're going to take one plane ride a year, you know, put on a mask, get on a plane, go to Florida, go to Universal Studios or Disneyland. And um, they're going to spend all their money on physical. They're going to buy, you know, Mario uh, cupcakes, Mario sandwiches, Mario jewelry, Mario uh, backpacks. They're going to buy Luigi hats. They're going to go into the cafe. They're going to go into the store. They're going to the ride the rides. Here I am pumping Nintendo. I'm supposed to be talking about Microsoft. Microsoft is the digital stack. That's what this is all about today. That's what I realized in this episode. So who's the stack in the N- Nintendo physical world? Well, it's Disney. Disney's doing both. Disney's got that uh, Disney Plus. Um, they bought Marvel. They bought uh, Pixar. And they've got these uh, amusement parks that are just sitting there. So really, there's your two plays. Do you want to bet on uh, Microsoft and Sony or do you want to bet on Disney and Nintendo? Those are your two plays. It's up to you. You make your own choices and uh, do your own research. And like Warren Buffett said, take an accounting class. The only reason he, he is like one of the he is the most requested graduation speaker at college graduations for undergrad. And he always tells the students the best investment is in yourself. It's education because nobody can take that way. And if I could invest 100000 in each one of you sitting in front of me today, I could bet my bottom dollar that that will be worth a million dollars because with your college degree and knowledge, you will go out into the world and you will earn a million dollars throughout your lifetime. You are the best investment. What is that investment? It's the knowledge in your brain. All you got to do is add experience to that and make your own calls. You got to do your own research. You can't rely on someone else. That's why he's talking about the best investment is in yourself. He always gives the example of the speaking class he he took, and that changed his life because he was more of an introvert. Um, we have the same astrological sign, me and him. We're more of introverted, analytical. Um, we like to uh, design our own portfolio, and that's our version of creativity. It's more of a a silent behind the scenes thing. I'm not really a YouTuber. I'm a podcaster. So me and Warren Buffett kind of had that same thing. So that changed his life. He took a speaking course, and now you know he's the most respected and, and re- requested uh, speaker at any college graduation. We don't know how that's going to look going forward, but let's take his advice. What did he say when people asked him, well, Warren Buffett, um, what if I'm thinking of sending my kid to college, or I'm a little older thinking about taking some online courses, blah, blah, blah. You know, you say the best investment is in in yourself, but college education's costs 100,000, 200,000, a half million to go to Harvard or Stanford. And he says, "You know what? You really only need to take one class. If you want to be a good business person, a good investor, if you want to understand this, you've got to learn how to do how to how to do a balance sheet, how to do a financial statement. You got to learn an income statement. You got to learn how to read financials. You got to learn the language of business. How do you do that? You take an accounting course." So there's all kinds of ways to do that. You can do that online, city college. You can do it probably at some high schools. You can do it early. You can do it online. You can do it on your own. You can take an H&R Block tax course for 200 bucks. Uh, you could go to college and, and you know, minor in accounting, major in accounting. I learned a lot in accounting. Uh, there's a couple things I use every day. Um, the one is a matching principle. If you're running your own business, if you're investing in inventory, first come, first serve, first in, first out, last in, first out, These are accounting terms you'll learn in an accounting course. That is probably one of the most useful things I use every day because dollar cost averaging is the other version of how to manage your inventory, how to manage your purchasing and sales and manage your flow. And that is something that I think is worth worth a worth studying. You know, I, I, I spent a quarter of a million dollars on my education. I went to seven colleges. I got a master's in business. I got a minor in accounting. Uh, you know, I got a, a minor in Japanese. I studied coding. I studied statistics. I studied so many disciplines. And I would say the top two relative to my life that I actually used out in the real world from decades at, at the college level, everything from city college to grad school to, you know, regular universities private, public, I would say are accounting and foreign language. Because foreign language, you can immediately connect to someone. And what is the most important secret secret sauce, secret, super secret? Relationships. If you can learn a foreign language and develop a relationship globally and have that relationship for life, Let's say Master System blows up in Europe. Let's say Famicom blows up. Super Famicom blows up. Pokemon did blow up. Guess who got all the good Pokemon out of Japan? The people that understand the culture and took a class in Japanese. So here's what I'm saying. If you're going to go back to college, I recommend foreign language. Warren Buffett recommends accounting. I endorse his recommendation. And remember, play life like a video game. Try something new. Try to take a little online course. Try to study a language. Try to study a new language called business. The language of business is accounting. Everybody offers an, uh, you know, an entry-level accounting course. Don't worry if you get an F, D, C, B. The grade doesn't matter. Get through the setbacks. Get some knowledge. Turn that knowledge into wisdom after you f- go through a failure. Even if you flunk the class, I guarantee you're going to walk away with wisdom you can use for the rest of your life as you become a master in. Who knows? Stack investing, digital investing, media investing, character investing, video game investing, movie investing, franchise investing, global investing, Asia investing, Japan investing, you know, China investing, American investing, uh, Silicon Valley investing, big tech investing. Try something new. Get through failure. Push through that with perseverance and become a master.